Hello, my name is Ignacio Salazar. I am the CEO of Hyphen Resources. Uh, we are in charge of the MUGA project. We are just uh, a fully permitted project here in Spain. Bought us and uh, very much about to start construction for a 1 million uh, production of MOP, POTAS in Spain. Ignacio, thank you very much for the introduction. Uh, nice to meet you. Uh, we crossed paths, uh, although we never met. Uh, you, you may not remember, but we crossed paths about, uh, goodness, where are we? 15 years ago in South America, uh, in Uruguay. And what a beautiful country that is. Many happy memories. Very many, many happy memories. Yes, a lot of... Um, <clears throat> but um, yeah, in absolutely. 2013, you joined... Uh, Highfield Resources, and here we are 10 years later. 2020. 2020. Oh, 2020. We talk about the 10 years, the 10 years, the permitting has been Sorry, going on. The per- but the permitting. I, I joined in the be- at the be- well beginning in the, in the summer of 2020 with COVID. Uh, really, very much there. But it's been a bit more than two years with the company. Yeah. Okay, but anyway, the permitting's taken a long time, and so the permitting so, has f- been since granted since 2012, 2013, indeed. That that is. Okay, so so here we are. This is the big news. This is what we're, um, you know, it, it, the headline news uh, of last week is that the, you've got the uh, pretty much the final permitting to allow the construction to happen uh, of the Highfield Resources Muga project near Pamplona. So can you just just come just to tell me a little bit more about that? Absolutely, very very big news. I mean, in, I think any project in Europe, uh, in Spain, globally, no, the permitting phase is becoming extremely important. And many projects, uh, just to be honest, are they'll get to the end of that phase, or that is what many projects end up in in, in, in trouble. No? And and this company, as, as as we were discussing, has been with the permitting since the since ten years ago or so. I mean, we got. Uh, a year and a bit, uh, a bit more than uh, we call the mining concession. That is where, obviously, from a mining perspective, is the key permit. But still, there were two urbanistic um, licenses we call rather than permits pending for any construction in Spain and not not mining any sort of business or activity. You need the municipality, the town hall, to grant this license. Uh, those were. The two key after the obviously the mining concession in 2021, they were pending. We got one, as you know, is two towns, and every town is in a different region. Obviously, that that that's, is is part of the complexity here. But in any case, we got the one from Aragon related to the work uh, around the mine and with the mine. The rats depend on that license in um, last year in, in June 2022, and we got. A, this week and have got the the last uh, license that allow us to also get into the processing plant. So we are fully permitted now just to be in in the, uh, in the as I said, bulk of construction. We started with the mine gate works last year, but now we can do the whole project uh, going forward. And um, from what I can understand, it's a, it's a 18 month to 24 month uh, development uh, process. You know, it's, it's almost a two year mind build more, more more even slightly more i mean the idea is to work and that's why it was important we we, we got ahead we spent six months uh, doing the works around the mind gate, which gave us a head start uh, on on the ramps which is it was just important that's the reason why we did it and, and because we had that part of the license but it's going to be two and a half years in fact so hopefully we our plan is to start now in the second half of of this year 23 
So really beginning of 26, we will be in operations. And obviously the idea is you run in parallel plants and the access to the mine and the access to, to, the, to the potash. So the moment that we get there, we have the processing plan waiting to, to process the material. And um, phase one is to produce half a million, um, 500,000 tons of murich of potash on an annual basis. Absolutely. So this is, we are fully permitted for both phases. I, I refer to phase two in a minute, but phase one is half a million. And the, together with phase two, we reach one million. Uh, we will develop the, the mine to cover everything. No, because uh, the, the ramps is not going to change. And then phase two is about replicating the, the plant and just doing a, a sort of a mirror image of or, or, or the way we consider well next to and, and everything is prepared to do it next uh, to the to the plant that we cover the first phase. So when you build the the phase one plant, there's space next to it, so you can um, you, you, you're 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 creating space so that you can just add the extra circuit um, to double your production. Yes, yeah, the permitting is is ready for both. Uh, well, all the numbers that we published uh, are related to both. I mean, the way we see it is, is after three, four years, or the, uh, depending, you, you have the risk the project from a technical point of view, you, any lessons learned in the construction, you incorporate, and basically you also are generating cash flow now, so probably will make it uh, a lot more feasible to go forward and, uh, and replicate the plant. Uh, the, the space is there, the plants are there, all the engineering is there. So, and no doubt, and the economics to do phase two are obviously very important, very interesting. Half of the capex, I mean, with half of the capex, phase two, you are doubling the production and the return. So, it's no doubt we will go for that. It's not just de risking it technically. I mean, you talk about cash flow, but essentially what you'll be doing is you'll be deleveraging your balance sheet, you'll be de risking your balance sheet, and you will have de risked the market as well. You would have had. Uh, three or four years of understanding the market. Uh, absolutely. Uh, the, the, uh, yeah, I, I mentioned the best store and the market from that, but as you say as well, the market uh, from the point of view of our customers as well is a way to an entry point with half a million. I mean, I mean, for MOP, it, MOP is globally a market of 78 to 80 million uh, tons globally. So I think it's, it will be a way to get into the market in a, in a, orderly fashion. No? I mean, the, mar the market, the potash market and our customers is the strongest point of this project. No? So a lot of these projects, they are in the middle of nowhere, competitors, and it's very much how they manage. For us, it is, it is a strength and, and an asset rather than something we need to manage, but obviously also it makes a lot of sense uh, from a marketing perspective, marketing of potash that we go into, into phases into the market. But um, coming back to stage one construction, um, the, the capex uh, in the updated capex, I think, because you put out a, uh, an update, was four hundred and thirty-six million euros with a contingency in there. Yes. Um, and obviously, these things are circular. You can't get the the finance until you've got certain things, and you, you know, in a sense, you've got one of the last pieces of the puzzle in the form of the license. But the I think the another key piece of the puzzle is the remainder of the finance because you've got 320 million dollars worth of debt so you've got a kind of a missing gap of uh 100 120 let's say uh million euros to to fill some of which will be through equity presumably and some of which will be through a strategic well that's what you've spoken yes. about in the past Indeed. could you just kind of unpack 
how you're going to complete that financing, please. Uh, and merely, you allow me uh, quickly. I, I think because you referred to the to the numbers, we updated the numbers at the end of 2022, so very recently, and we did those numbers on the feasibility, which are uh, 436 capex, and also giving us two billion in NPE, are ma- have been made on. I think it's a couple of important points. One is including all the inflation pressure, all the concerns that obviously the market had in 2022, uh, which uh, when following the war in Ukraine and the global situation, especially electricity gas prices went up significantly. So all of that was included, plus all the, you know, prudent approach from the banks because we were aligning 100% that feasibility study with the numbers the bank used to approve the 320 million pre-finance and the numbers that they presented to their credit committees. So uh, conservative, well, or at least prudent uh, numbers behind that. I would dare to say that the only thing we saw since then, um, or the main thing is that in fact, gas and electricity prices came down. No? So it, let, let's leave that aside, very solid number in that feasibility and, and reconfirming the very attractive economics of MOLA. Now, coming back to the financing, indeed, the main, uh, let's say, objective for us was to get the credit fully permitted, um, especially, uh, well, it, I, I think everybody is, is it, it is a major risk, if not the major risk in, in I think, projects like this in Europe, uh, once again, especially to our investors in, in Australia and and, and considering all their projects and, and a sort of the how the, the sector behaves. So massive step. And then is to fulfill the financing to allow us to get through. 320, as you say, comes from the private finance, the banks that is fully agreed, committed, ready. And uh, we've mentioned to the market already is another 25 of um, leasing uh, with Macquarie, uh, which is mining equipment leasing that we've been making progress and now that we have the license uh, probably we should be back to the market quickly with the final sign off and, and basically the gap is 456 as you say plus contingencies and working capital and on the usual uh, staff uh, together with the bank so obviously we will make sure we start uh, the project in a, with a reasonable uh, funding going forward no? and basically for that We've been talking for a long time. You you also write on the strategics. We like to say when we say strategics, we refer to different type of strategics, meaning what we call business strategics, which are more the type of off takers, uh, mining uh, companies, uh, people in the business, and uh, traders, uh, people like that. And then what I call financial strategics, uh, which will provide additional financing, make sure that um, well, the, the, let's say the structure that we have going forward to finance this project is the optimum one for the shareholders and that well, we simply make a success from a financing perspective as well. The, the, I think it's a massive uh, step, the licensing into this discussion, especially with the business. The financial strategics are obviously more ready to take a more objective approach and be uh, making progress uh, subject to the license. With the business, it was always more an issue that, um, well, you, you know, the negotiation is, is a bit more 
it is good when when they don't feel like the permitting risk is already there. No? No, nobody wants to take permitting risk, so that's I think helps a lot um, the fact that that risk is is already born and we are fully especially permitted. in Spain. Especially in Spain, I think Europe is is hard. Spain, unfortunately, some cases that uh, have have having gone uh, right and and well known in the Australian market because they are ASX companies. But uh, what that I think that is a major differentiator for us. Well, and hopefully for Spain, they see our case. I mean, from the company perspective and investor uh, perspective, as as very uh, great news. And hopefully space is uh, the benefit of uh, getting projects going through because the credibility and the reputation in the market uh, should improve by doing things like that. So hopefully a win-win for everybody, the fact that we get to be spoiled and also other companies um, hopefully get encouragement to keep going and, and put forward. But in our case, very happy with the result and um, I'm a very good reason and opportunity to push even harder now with the strategics, see where we are. And in any case, uh, from our perspective, we feel very confident uh, to go ahead. Uh, we were around a couple of times in Australia. I, I've been in my period uh, with the company and we've got a lot of support as well in the market, especially um, uh, for from, from investors uh, looking at this project once it, it it was going to be, but now it is fully permitted. It's always difficult to kind of commit to a uh, a significant uh, construction program when the, the when the money is not there. You know, what, so you've started, you've you've committed to the construction. You know, what's the discussion at the board level? You know, um, I I understand that the, one of the most important things for an NPV is to start and to to bring forward that production date when you start getting your revenues in. But uh, is, is it not safer, more prudent to wait until you've got that final financing piece in place before you commit to the construction decision? Yeah. No, no, no that's, that's a good... It's going a bit deeper into the thinking, no, and the psychology of all these things, but you are absolutely right. There has been a lot of thinking about that. And I, I tell you, hopefully, uh, simplistically, what we have been doing at the way we see at this, no? We, we felt important and, uh, and we had the capacity to do the work we did last year uh, around the mine gate. So the licensing for that was done, but you are absolutely right. There's still the licensing for the processing plant. So the other town hall was not ready. Now, we, that was a relatively small in terms of, of uh, compared to the overall CapEx uh, piece of work, but it, the key about that work was the time six months that you are going to, and the fact that we could start in the beginning of the summer. So a lot more effective to do it at this, at that moment in time. And in fact, that proved to be the case. Dry conditions, very dry, especially dry conditions last year that allow us to work. I mean, it's not especially difficult. It was all on, on, on surface type of work, but uh, on, it's a lot easier to work with that when you have a sort of a clay environment rather than than once it's, it's raining and winter and everything else. So that's been very, very smart. And I think that the main point obviously was that uh, as we move forward, uh, and now I talk what we're looking ahead, uh, that is a different proposition now. It doesn't make sense to start a, a, a bit of electricity line or a bit of this or a bit of that. Now, I think in our mind now, uh, we, we, we want to go with everything in parallel 
because as I said, you want to get the runs finished and the access to the mineral when the plant is waiting for it. And it was important to get us, give us six months in the runs because if you have a problem in one of the two runs, 50% of the work would be a stack until you solve the problem. In the plant, you, it's more flexibility. It's, it's not, not that you will never have a problem, but you have other ways to compensate for that. So I think that was the reason to do it. Now, our focus will be get the financing ready, get prepared from the point of view. You are talking about the money and the work, but it's also about the team. Yeah. So we have now 30 people in, in, in Highfield. That is the staff. We, we, we really want to keep a very lean and mean team in the last few months, or as lean and mean as possible. Well, this construction is going to be at 1,000 people, even if you want to look at it from the number of people. For obviously, contractors and, 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 and not, 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 it's not going to be HFR staff, but it's going to be the people involved. So we need to ramp up on that uh, in, a, in a proper way and, and do this properly. And that is going to take a bit of time. But uh, it's a lot harder the way we see it to start part of this part of it, you really need to go now in parallel so for us is to get the financing get the preparation the contracting the all the team and when i say not only hyphen but the construction team including contractors partners etc going and then we we built everything in the most efficient way in the shortest possible time in budget on time that is obviously the the objective and, and be very focused on the work that we so have made. You said that you were aiming for to the start of kind of the the, kind of the the next level of construction, really to kind of accelerate that at the, at the in the second half of the year, which makes me think that in the next quarter, Q2 is the time when you're aiming to get the financing final financing piece in place and really start recruiting the, the you know building up the internal capacity of the team. Yes, absolutely. When we we give ourselves a bit of flexibility, we try to to provide the market and investors and and, and cracks and others with this information, but give us the second half. So, um, just to to give us a bit of flexibility within a clear time frame. Now, what is potentially, I think, is the main uh, flexible, uh, let's say, piece of that uh, timeline is uh, potentially, I think, the strategics. If there is a a good strategy with with adding a lot uh, to the project, might be worthwhile to wait a bit more for for that uh, support or not. But uh, I mean, whatever is 100% in our control, we we control, obviously, and we manage. There are things that are not 100%, depends on other groups uh, cooperating with us. And then it's, well, we, we, we will, need that flexibility no but in any case is the but you know how this is moving in these companies time is money and uh, i think is is uh, everything ready from our perspective from the point of view everything that we can advance we we were very carefully managing the procurement and the purchasing of the plant equipment we have everything with the mining equipment as well with engineering the ramp up of the of the team is going to be done very carefully and very well, very, very efficiently. But uh, but very much is no reason to wait uh, unless unless when uh, a third party or somebody you, you are in negotiating something. And thank you. And just to go back to the kind of the identity of the strategic, um, I th- you, I, 
you said that you're interested in the business or the finance partners. So clearly that doesn't include uh, other operators. You're not looking at uh, industry players. You're not looking at other producers of, of potash. Is, is, is that right? You're kind of more looking at the private equity groups and the supply chain. Well, uh, I mean, we try to be, I mean, this is obviously try to keep it, uh, uh, give, give everybody the right uh, message without uh, compromising confidentiality or, or anything like that, no, obviously. But basically, the way I, I, I explain it is business and financial. When I when I say business, I'm talking about everybody uh, in the business. Could be uh, in in our value chain from the point of view of people that are uh, major partners in the construction to major off-takers. That's obviously very clear candidates. Plus, also mining companies and anybody that is in the industry that could add something. Uh, in that case, the strategy behind the strategic partner it probably potentially is a lot more obvious because it's a business um, business value added by combining, let's say, the, not just putting ex some money or, or cooperating somehow. So I, I am putting everybody there, and that was always that that one has been. Uh, a bit more precisely the fact that we have the license let me put it in a positive way makes it a lot easier to deal with these people because that that was a big uncertainty uh, up to this point and uh, well uh, I, I guess a reason not to move fast enough or quick enough now all this group obviously understands in the business understands that this is it and, and this project is fully permitted the financial group is obviously more adding from the point of view of, of financial support to the company. Obviously, is people very knowledgeable of the industry, and, uh, but, uh, but they are more a financial interest and not a specific uh, industry angle or, or business angle into this. But those people have been easier to move uh, ahead and is, uh, have been easier to make progress. So we are a lot closer to potential and finalizing deals with, with that second group. But when the first group is very interesting, I mean, it's not uh, because the first, the second, sorry, the financial was ready to go that we forgot about the, the business one and uh, and that is uh, going forward. But I think we, I think we don't mind to have from both uh, angles. It's not a one either, either or the other, no? And so let's see what happens. Yeah. Thank you. And could you just um, remind me what the shareholder register looks like for Highfield? You know, um, who are the major owners of it and how much is held um, in retail? So, so we have um, 27% with EMR, Private Equity Australia, and they've been with us many, many years. And they are obviously very supportive. We have, we have a director of EMR uh, in, in our board, uh, Brian Jameson. So very close, especially of the static, by the way, the static processes, they have a lot of um, contacts and, and made many introductions to the company. Um, and we have 7% with PCI, this Australian company, SOP sold uh, in, uh, there in construction. That comes as a result of uh, Aussie Super, the, the big fund in Australia used to be our shareholder. They consolidated their core portfolio first, and then after that, Potter's portfolio. BCI happened to be ahead of us in terms of very about to start uh, construction a year ago or something like that. And uh, when they, they had preference because they were closer and Ademen and high sale, uh, what uh, was super was put together into BCI 
uh, and, and that way BCA became 7% shareholder of uh, Highfield. And then we have private wealth, especially there is historical shareholding, a strong one from uh, in, based in Brisbane and Adelaide in, in Australia. We got from the last, uh, which is more um, family offices, uh, private individuals or, or things like that, retail. And um, we got a few institutions with um, relatively small shareholding so far, but in the last equity raise joining the company to with a view to well, uh, hopefully a bigger ticket, have a foot on the door to participate in a bigger way going forward. So we don't have a massive uh, institutional shareholding, but well, small ones uh, that potentially can increase in the future. Good. Thank you. Um, and that kind of takes me on to the, 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 the wider market. I mean, if you, if you look at the whole potash sector, if you look at your peers um, and potash prices, when the Ukraine... Uh, conflict started uh, and uh, clearly I think it's kind of 40% of the global market comes from Belarusia and, and, and Russia. Just last year, you yeah. saw prices rise very strongly. Absolutely. Some of that yeah. has come away and the whole sector, all you and your peers kind of saw this big price peak and price peak and or spike into 2022. And then it has come back down again. Potash prices are, are still... $450 per ton Brazil CFR and which is above the long-term price. What, does, what was the long-term price that you used in your updated feasibility study? No, we have using an average for the long-term price of four, I think it was at the end of 445 uh, euros per ton. But yeah, still they'd have higher prices in Europe uh, uh, right now. Eh? I mean, they come down, but it's still 600 or, okay. or 700 and as well as Brazil. So as, as you say, there was a big push on potash prices in, with COVID, no? I mean, uh, this is even before the war in Ukraine, all the supply disruptions, et cetera, with COVID. The Ukraine war, uh, well, exacerbated that. So that was a sort of a jump in prices on top of that increase. And things have slowed down after that. We, we were counting on that. That was a bit of an extreme situation to some extent what you can do with MOP in potas is the, the farmers can take what they call a holiday so obviously with those prices some of the farmers were let's say uh, stepping out the demand was taken away from the market but they can only take a holiday for one season they have to come back then the season after so I think hopefully what we feel is that as a, as a, as a lower level but still about the, the long-term average is going to be going for a while. In our view, if I look at thinking about our project in the long run, what probably is more important um, is that not only Russia and Belarus were 40% of the supply into globally, and by the way, 60% of the supply into Europe. Uh, Europe was reliant 60% of their demand to Russia and Belarus, but um, a lot of the projects and a lot of the portfolio of new projects coming in, in the pipeline to come in the next few years were coming in fact from Russia. So no doubt, I mean, that is a, a fact that the financing is not there, the uncertainty, it is there. So the investments are not going ahead as planned. So that, that uh, potential new supply coming in the field when we will potentially come as well, um, it is is more at the very least postponed for the time yeah. being. 
So I think uh, it is a decent, um, a decent uh, long-term price we've been working with, and uh, we only have reasons to believe that it's very sustainable or higher. And I put that to that in, in any, and, and, and you know that well, Marvin, in these uh, commodities, the main point is to be a lot better than peers, no? So, because the market will play itself. And, and that is, I think, clearly a strength in the project. The fact that we are based in the middle of Europe, surrounded, everybody that visit the, the, <laughs> the project, they see the funds are there. I mean, we have to go through funds to get to the mine and just to get to our project. So yeah, compared to, as I said, many of these protest projects in the middle of nowhere and they have a major logistic effort to get to the markets. No? So we are, I mean, just to give you an idea, prices, I'd like to, sh to give this number. Prices in Europe and in Canada are, in Europe are typically traded at a premium of $100 per ton. No, and, and that is because well, Canada to some extent is setting up the price globally, and then you put the extra cost of transportation or reflect that extra logistics to get to Europe. We have an uh, operating cost that is already that different uh, below hundred is ninety uh, euros per ton. Yeah. The total operating cost. So transportation costs are a very important element in the in the cost uh, formula, and, we are, and that is the key strength of the project that we are in the middle of, it, of the market. Ignacio, thank you so much. I've, I've learned so much about uh, Highfield Resources and about the Muga project in, in half an hour of conversation. Yeah. To me, just sitting here, um, it seems to me that many of the key things are in place. The financing, if you can get it done in the next quarter, will be a, a, a really crucial de-risking uh, exercise. And then you go into that, process, that that phase of building your team and in parallel uh, that construction process. Um, so it looks as if you're going to be have a have a, a busy time ahead. Um, and um, Good luck with the with, with the year and the, the construction process. No, really, really, really glad to be so busy right now in this way, building a mine. And uh, no, glad, thanks for the invitation and your interest, Manly, and the discussion today. Thanks a lot.